Ever had a star employee surprise you by coming up short on a project or task? Ever find yourself caught off guard by a terrible hire and finding yourself doing major damage control? Early in my career, I learned a really important lesson about giving feedback and fixing problems, and today's episode is all about it. You're listening to the Creating High Performing Teams podcast. I'm your host, Jason Evanish, CEO of Lighthouse, and this aims to be the most actionable podcast on leadership and management you'll ever hear. Our goal is for every episode to tell you exactly what you can do when you take your headphones off or your earbuds out to help you be a better leader. And today's episode is all about getting the root problem when your team has an issue, because sometimes a problem you see is merely scratching the surface, and it's much more important to get to and fix the root cause. So let's dive in. So this happened really early in my career. This was about 10 years ago. Uh, it was a past startup that I was running, and one of my key employees was starting to really drop the ball. Um, a couple of projects were late, and then we decided to get them some help, and the person they hired was terrible. Literally would be considered the worst hire for any company I've ever run. Uh, they messed up so bad, uh, we had to let them go in under a week, and on top of that, we had to apologize to customers because a lot of their mistakes were customer-facing as well. So the, the hire was supposed to make things better uh, for my star team member, but it made things worse instead. And I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew we had to have a strong conversation to straighten things out. At the least, I know I had taught my star employee the hiring method I like to use, which generally should have filtered out exactly the problems we saw, which were related to things like attention to detail, um, fixing problems when they're small, coming for help when you get stuck, all those sorts of things. None of those things happened, and we paid for it. Because of this, we quickly parted ways with that person, but the bigger issue was still at hand. You know, how did my star team member make such a bad hire? Using the prepare, listen, act model, which you learned about in episode two, and if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. I had prepared a great discussion to have with my star team member about how they could do better hiring and why we always gave people test projects, and yet somehow this person had made it through anyways. And with a big annual event coming up, we had to do something soon to find more help so we couldn't have this same mistake happen again. So the day finally came, we were gonna go out to lunch, uh, me and the star employee to have this conversation, hopefully to also just kind of uh, cool the air a little bit because obviously there was a lot of stress for the whole team dealing with the issues that we had from the bad hire. When we sat down though, I didn't just immediately start dumping on him. Instead I paused and I, and I took a moment to get his perspective and see how he was doing. And that's when I found out that they were totally exhausted, feeling totally underwhelmed and underwater. They did not think that they could handle everything that they were doing, and they they really wanted help because they were worried they were burning out. And so instead of talking about hiring, we ended up talking about getting them a break to recharge and deprioritizing some of the work that they didn't really need to do. Because it turns out part of the reason their plate was full was because they were being overly ambitious and they were taking on things that weren't nearly as high ROI as some other things they were doing. And so we spent most of lunch actually talking about that issue and helping them as opposed to really hammering home anything about recruiting. And so it turns out by immediately pivoting to the deeper issue of overwhelming burnout, my team member felt relieved. You could literally feel the tension in the room drop. 
they learned they could also trust coming to me and we fixed the root problem instead of symptoms that would have kept recurring. We could have changed the hiring process and he still would have been overwhelmed and feeling burnt out. What's most amazing though is towards the end of the lunch, they brought up the bad hire. They knew it was bad and they talked about how they wanted to do better with the replacement hire and how they actually knew the process that I was gonna talk about and reinforce that they needed to follow and they just didn't have time to do it right and they felt guilty about it. And this was all admitted unprompted. I didn't even get a chance to bring it up. And that only happened because I built trust with them and I focused on what was actually really important bothering them. And I think what's really telling is even a decade later, we're still friends, we still keep in touch and we worked together for another year after that uh, before I sold that company. And that only happened because I was the kind of manager that trusted them and took the time to really listen and pay attention to what's actually important to them as opposed to just hammering them on the mistake they made. And so let's, let's unpackage this for a second. What are the lessons for you to learn? Well, when you have an issue with your team, make sure you check in on how their world is going. You may find something super important out. And it could be personal, it could be professional. In this case, it was professional. He was overwhelmed by his work, he had too much on his plate, and we needed to reduce his workload. But I've seen other cases where somebody's going through a divorce. They just had a kid and they're not sleeping well. They got injured doing something and it's extremely painful for them to do a certain task or, or stay focused for a certain amount of time. There are a million things that can happen in people's lives, and especially now that we're all, almost all remote, you can't see the visual cues. You don't see them coming to the office five minutes late. You don't see them with gigantic bags under their eyes necessarily. You don't see them limping <laughs> to their desk because they're you know at home. And so without that context, you have to be very careful as a manager to make sure that you're checking in so they can tell you. And if you do see small signs, ask them. Ask them privately, obviously. Don't call them out in a big meeting and say, hey, Joe, you look really tired. What's up? Um, but you can ask that privately in a one-on-one. -on -one. And so reserve judgment until you hear the full picture. Because if you make it safe for them to talk about issues, you may be surprised how candid, apologetic, and open your team may be with you. And this is priceless. This is the difference between a good manager who just seems to always have a good, happy team and a bad manager who's running from fire to fire. They, have, they can have the exact same team and have completely different outcomes because one manager is noticing issues early on and building trust with their team to bring those issues up and the other manager is waiting for disaster and only dealing with things when they're huge problems. So you have to build that trust with them to get ahead of that. And of course, as you do look for the root problem, don't treat symptoms. Try to understand what may have caused that. Um, and how they ended up in that situation. You know, ask why something disappointing may have happened and give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't judge them. As uh, a quote I love on the Lighthouse blog we use a lot is from Indra Nui, who was the CEO of Pepsi. As she says, you know, assume positive intent. You know, assume that your team is trying their best and they meant well. Obviously, if you have a nefarious actor, you need to get rid of them. But the vast, vast majority of people, um, are caring and hardworking, and you should treat them as such until there is overwhelming evidence that you're working with a psychopath or a sociopath. 
And you should only assume that as a last ditch effort when you're probably about to let them go. So for most people, give them the benefit of the doubt, work with them to understand the root problem, ask what and how questions, you know, what made you decide to take that approach? How did you end up at that decision? How did that happen? And do it in a way where you can be as blameless as possible initially until you can really get to the root and start to work on it. And equally important, even beyond problems is if your best people tell you they're overwhelmed, if they tell you they might be burning out, believe them. It's really, really hard to find replacement stars. Uh, if they leave because they're like, I'm done, I need to take two months off and just sleep, or I, you know, I need to take a sabbatical or something, those people aren't coming back, you've lost them. And so it's much better to help them deal with overwhelm when they're first telling you about it than it is to think they're okay and milk another couple of months out of them. I have learned the hard way multiple times that if someone tells you they're overwhelmed, you maybe have a few weeks to fix it and then you're going to lose them. And so if you hear that, think about how you can lighten the load. Keep them as a star on your most important projects, but try and get them off a couple things that maybe be ancillary and someone else could do just as well or 80% as good and it doesn't matter. Um, also work with them on prioritization. A lot of star people, especially young people, will say yes to everything at which point it's hard for them to prioritize. And so you wanna make those priorities clear for them so that they know, hey, this is my top priority, I need to crush this. And only if I have time or when I have time should I do these other things. Also look for opportunities to give them a break. You know, we at most companies give out, you know, vacation and sick days. If somebody looks like they're fried, tell them to take Friday off or tell them to take a Monday off or after a big project ships, tell them literally, I don't wanna see your face at work tomorrow. We're past the ship, you need a break to recharge. Tell people to take some time. And if they haven't taken a vacation in 12 months or something, tell them to take one. They'll feel better for it and they'll be glad you pushed them to do it. Because all of this, you know, having someone go away for a week, having someone take one day off, that is much better than losing them entirely. And it's too easy as a manager to take good people for granted and think they'll never leave. But guess what, they will. And so think about how to make it a sustainable race for you and your team, not, not to fry them out. But also, you know, we do wanna keep the caveat. You do wanna maintain a standard. Even with my star employee I was talking about before, we did ultimately talk about the recruiting issue. And we did talk about the right way to do it because it was a problem. But we fixed the root issue first, and then when we did hire a replacement later, we followed the process, and that person turned out to be awesome. So it all worked out. But we first fixed the root issue, and then only after that did we worry about the smaller lesson, which seems so much less important. Like, yeah, we needed to talk about it, but it was not the most important conversation we had that day by far. And it was so much easier for, for him to hear that feedback after we had fixed the root issue because now all the tension in his stomach was gone and we could just focus on, yes, mechanically, your recruiting steps, you missed a very important critical step. Let's make sure we do that next time. Let's review it real quick. And oh, by the way, after the meeting, I followed up again and helped him actually create the assignment we would use for the new hire that ended up then helping us make sure we hired the right person. So in the end, next time you have a team member that surprises you by coming in below your expectations with them, remember the lesson I learned here and dig deeper before correcting the surface level issues. Dig in, find out what's going on, read their body language, read their faces, see what's actually going on in their world and do your best to accommodate and help them because that's how you become a great manager and that's how you build high performing teams.